Sojourn, Chapter 23, A Memory Come to Life The season's first snow fell lazily over Icewind Dale, large flakes drifting down in mesmerizing zigzag dances, so different from the wind-whipped blizzards most common to the region. The young girl, Caterbury, watched it with obvious enchantment from the doorway of her cavern home the hue of her deep blue eyes seeming even purer in the reflection of the ground's white blanket. "'Wait and coming, but hard when it gets here,' grumbled Bruner Battlehammer, a red-bearded dwarf, as he came up behind Caterbury, his adopted daughter. "'Sure to be a hard season, as all are in this place for white dragons.' "'Oh, me daddy,' replied Caterbury sternly. "'Stop your whining. Sure and tis a beautiful fall,' and harmless enough without the wind to drive it. Humans, huffed the dwarf derisively, still behind the girl. Caterbury could not see his expression, tender toward her even as he grumbled, but she didn't need to. Bruner was nine parts bluster and one part grouch, by Caterbury's estimation. Caterbury spun on the dwarf suddenly, her shoulder-length auburn locks twirling about her face. Can I go out and play? she asked, a hopeful smile on her face. "'Oh, please, me daddy!' Bruner forced on his best grimace. "'Go out!' he roared. "'None but a fool would look for an Icewindale winter as a place for playing. "'Show some sense, girl. The season frees your bones!' Caterbury's smile disappeared, but she refused to surrender so easily. "'Well said for a dwarf,' she retorted to Bruner's horror. You're well enough fit for the holes, and less you see of the sky, the more you're smiling. But I've a long winter ahead, and this might be my last chance to see the sky. Please, Daddy! Bruner could not hold his snarling visage against his daughter's charm, but he did not want her to go out. I'm fearing there's something prowling out there, he explained, trying to sound authoritative. Sensed it on the climb a few nights back, though I never seen it. Mightn't be a white lion or a white bear. Best to... Bruner never finished, for Caterbury's disheartened look more than destroyed the dwarf's imagined fears. Caterbury was no novice to the dangers of the region. She lived with Bruner and his dwarven clan for more than seven years. A raiding goblin band had killed Caterbury's parents when she was only a toddler, and though she was a human, Bruner had taken her in as his own. You are a hard one, me girl. Bruner said in answer to Caterbury's relentless, sorrow-filled expression. "'Go out and find your play, then. But don't be gone for too long. On your word, you spirited filly. Keep the caves in sight and a sword and horn on your belt.' Caterbury rushed over and planted a wet kiss on Bruner's cheek, which the taciturn dwarf promptly wiped away, grumbling at the girl's back as she disappeared into the tunnel. Bruner was the leader of the clan, as tough as the stone they mined. But every time Caterbury planted an appreciative kiss on his cheek, the dwarf realized he had given in to her. Humans! The dwarf growled again, and he stomped down the tunnel to the mine, thinking to batter a few pieces of iron just to remind himself of his toughness. It was easy for the spirited young girl to rationalize her disobedience when she looked back across the valley from the lower slopes of Kelvin's Carn, more than three miles from Bruner's front door. Bruner had told Caterbury to keep the caves in sight, and they were, or at least the wider terrain around them was, 
from this high vantage point. But Caterbury, happily sliding down one bumpy expanse, soon found a flaw in not heeding to her experienced father's warnings. She'd come to the bottom, a delightful ride, and was briskly rubbing the stony chill out of her hands when she heard a low and ominous growl. White lion, Caterbury mouthed silently, remembering Bruner's suspicions. When she looked up, she saw that her father's guess had not quite hit the mark. It was indeed a great feline the girl saw looking down at her from a bare stony mound, but the cat was black, not white, and a huge panther, not a lion. Defiantly, Caterbury pulled her knife from her sheath. "'Keep yourself back, cat,' she said, only the slightest tremor in her voice, for she knew that fear invited attack from wild animals." Gwenhyper flattened its ears and plopped to its belly, then issued a long and resounding roar that echoed throughout the stony region. Caterbury could not respond to the power in that roar, or to the very long and abundant teeth the panther showed. She searched around for some escape, but knew that no matter which way she ran, she could not get beyond the panther's first mighty spring. Gwenhyper! came a call from above. Caterbury looked back up the snowy expanse to see a slender, cloaked form picking a careful route toward her. Gwenhyver, the newcomer called again. Be gone from here. The panther growled a throaty reply, then bounded away, leaping the snow-covered boulders and springing up small cliffs as easily as if it were running across a smooth and flat field. Despite her continuing fears, Caterbury watched the departing panther with sincere admiration. She'd always loved animals and often studied them, but the interplay of Gwenhyver's sleek muscles was more majestic than anything she'd ever imagined. When she at last came out of her trance, she realized that the slender figure was right behind her. She whirled about, knife still in hand. The blade dropped from her grasp, and her breathing halted abruptly as soon as she looked upon the drow. Drizzt, too, found himself stunned by the encounter. He wanted to make certain that the girl was all right, but when he looked upon Caterbury... All thoughts of his purpose faded away in a flood of memories. She was about the same age as the sandy-haired boy on the farm, Driz noted initially, and that thought inevitably brought back the agonizing memories of Maldabar. When Driz looked more closely, though, into Caterbury's eyes, his thoughts were sent flying back further into his past, to his days marching alongside his dark kin. Caterbury's eyes possessed the same joyful and innocent sparkle that Drist had seen in the eyes of an elven child, a girl he had rescued from the savage blades of his raiding kin. The memory overwhelmed Drist, sent him whirling back to that bloody glade in the elven wood where his brother and fellow drow brutally slaughtered an elven gathering. In that frenzy, Drist had almost killed that elven child, had almost put himself forever on that same dark road that his kin so willingly followed. Drizzt shook himself free of the recollection and reminded himself that this was a different child of a different race. He meant to speak a greeting, but the girl was gone. The damning word Drizzt echoed in the drow's thoughts several times as he made his way back to the cave he'd set up as his home on the mountain's northern face. That same night, the onslaught of the season began in full. The cold eastern wind blowing off the glacier drove the snow into high, impassable drifts. Caterbury watched the snow forlornly, fearing that many weeks might pass before she could go again to Kelvin's Carn. She hadn't told Bruner or any of the other dwarves about the drow, for fear of punishment, and that Bruner would drive the drow away. 
looking at the pulling snow, Caterbury wished that she had been braver, had remained and talked to the strange elf. Every howl of the wind heightened that wish and made the girl wonder if she'd lost her only chance. I'm off to Bryn Shander, Bruner announced one morning, more than two months later. An unexpected break had come in Icewind Dale's normal seven-month winter, a rare January thaw. Bruner eyed his daughter suspiciously for a long moment. You're meaning to go out yourself this day, he asked. If I may, Caterbury answered. The caves are tight around me, and the wind's not so cold. I'll get a dwarf or two to go with you, Bruner offered. Caterbury, thinking that now might be her chance to go back to investigate the drow, balked at the notion. They're all for mending their doors, she retorted more sharply than she intended. Don't you be bothering them for the likes of meself. Bruner's eyes narrowed. You've too much stubbornness in you. I get that from my dad, Caterbury said with a wink that shot down any further forthcoming arguments. Take care, then, Bruner began. And keep... Keep the caves in sight, Caterbury finished for him. Bruner spun about and stomped out of the cave, grumbling helplessly and cursing the day he'd ever taken a human in for a daughter. Caterbury only laughed at the unending facade. Once again, it was Gwenhyver who first encountered the auburn-haired girl. Caterbury had stood straight out for the mountain and was making her way around the westernmost trails when she spotted the black panther above her, watching her from a rock spur. Gwenhyver, the girl called, remembering the name the drow had used. The panther growled lowly and dropped down from the spur, moving closer. Gwenhyver? Caterbury asked again, less certain, for the panther was only a few dozen strides away. Gwenhyver's ears came up at the second mention of the name, and the cat's taut muscles visibly relaxed. Caterbury approached slowly, one deliberate step at a time. Where's the dark elf, Gwenhyver? she asked quietly. Can you take me to him? And why would you want to go to him? Came a question from behind. Caterbury froze in her tracks, remembering the smooth-toned melodic voice, then turned slowly to face the drow. He was only three steps behind her, his lavender-eyed gaze locking onto hers as soon as they met. Caterbury had no idea of what to say, and Drizzt, absorbed again by memories, stood quiet, watching and waiting. Be you a drow? Caterbury asked after a long silence became unbearable. As soon as she heard her own words, she privately berated herself for asking such a stupid question. I am, Drizzt replied. What does that mean to you? Caterbury shrugged at the strange response. I've heard that drow be evil, but you don't seem so to me. Then you have taken a great risk in coming out here all by yourself, Driz remarked. But fear not, he quickly added, seeing the girl's sudden uneasiness, for I am not evil, and will bring no harm to you. After the months alone in his comfortable but empty cave, Driz did not want this meeting to end so quickly. Caterbury nodded, believing his words. My name's Caterbury, she said. My dad is Bruner. King of Clan Battlehammer. Driz cocked his head curiously. The dwarves. 
Canterbury explained, pointing back to the valley. She understood Dre's confusion as soon as she spoke the words. He's not my real dad, she said. Brunner took me in when I was just a babe, when my real parents were... She couldn't finish, and Driz didn't need her to, understanding her pained expression. I am Driz Duarden, the drow interjected. Well met, Caterbury, daughter of Brunner. It is good to have another to talk with. For all these weeks of winter, I've had only Gwenhyber there, when the cat is around, and my friend does not say much, of course. Caterbury's smile nearly took in her ears. She glanced over her shoulder to the panther, now reclining lazily in the path. "'She's a beautiful cat,' Caterbury remarked. Driz did not doubt the sincerity in the girl's tone, or in the admiring gaze she dropped on Gwenhyber. "'Come here, Gwenhyber,' Drizzt said, and the panther stretched and slowly rose. Gwenhyber walked right beside Caterbury, and Driz nodded to answer her unspoken but obvious desire. Tentatively at first, but then firmly, Caterbury stroked the panther's sleek coat, feeling the beast's power and perfection. Gwenhyver accepted the petting without complaint, even bumped into Caterbury's side when she stopped for a moment, prodding her to continue. "'Are you alone?' Drizzt asked. Caterbury nodded. "'Me dad said to keep the caves in sight,' she laughed. "'I could see them well enough, by my thinking.' Driz looked back into the valley, to the far rock wall several miles away. "'Your father would not be pleased. This land is not so tame. I've been on this mountain for only two months, and I've fought twice already, shaggy white beasts that I do not know.' "'Tundra Yeti,' Caterbury replied. "'You must be on the northern side. Tundra Yeti don't come around the mountain.' "'Are you so certain?' Driz asked sarcastically. "'I've not seen one.' Caterby replied. But I'm not fearing them. I came to find yourself, and now I have. You have, said Drizzt. And now what? Caterbury shrugged and went back to petting Gwenhyver's sleek coat. Come, Drizzt offered. Let us find a more comfortable place to talk. The glare off the snow stings my eyes. You're used to dark tunnels? Caterbury asked, hopefully eager to hear tales of lands beyond the borders of Ten Towns, the only place Caterbury had ever known. Drizzt and the girl spent a marvelous day together. Drizzt told Caterbury of Menzaberanzan, and Caterbury answered his tales with stories of Icewind Dale, of her life with the dwarves. Drizzt was especially interested in hearing about Brunner and his kin, since the dwarves were his closest and most feared neighbors. Brunner talks rough as stone, but I'm knowing him better than all that. Caterbury assured the drow. "'He's a right fine one, and so's the rest of the clan.' Drizzt was glad to hear it, and glad, too, that he'd made his connection, both for the implications of having such a friend, and even more so because he truly enjoyed the charming and spirited lass's company. Caterbury's energy and zest for life verily bubbled over. In her presence, the drow could not recall his haunting memories.' could only feel good about his decision to save the elven child those many years before. Caterbury's sing-song voice and the careless way she flipped her flowing hair about her shoulders lifted the burden of guilt from Driz's back as surely as a giant could have hoisted a rock. Their tales could have gone on all that day and night and for many weeks afterward, but when Driz noticed the sun riding low along the western horizon, 
he realized that the time had come for the girl to head back to her home. I will take you, Drizzt offered. No, Caterby replied. You best not. Brunard not understand, and you'd get me in a mountain of trouble. I can get back, don't you be worrying. I know these trails better than yourself, Drizzt to Arden, and you couldn't keep up with me if you tried. Drizzt laughed at the boast, but almost believed it. He and the girl set out at once, moving to the mountain's southernmost spur, and then saying their goodbyes with promises that they would meet again during the next thaw, or in spring, if none came sooner. Truly, the girl was skipping lightly when she entered the dwarven complex, but one look at her surly father stole a measure of her delight. Bruner had gone to Bryn Shander that morning on business with Cassius. The dwarf wasn't thrilled to learn that a dark elf had made a home so close to his door, but he guessed that his curious too curious daughter would think it a grand thing. Keep yourself away from the mountain, Brunner said as soon as he noticed Caterbury, and then she was in despair. But me dad, she tried to protest. On your word, girl, the dwarf demanded. You'll not set foot on that mountain again without me permission. There's a dark elf there by Cassius's telling on your word. Caterbury nodded helplessly then followed Brunner back to the Dwarven complex, knowing she would have a hard time changing her father's mind. But knowing, too, Brunner held views far from justified where Drizdu Arden was concerned. Another thaw came a month later, and Caterbury heeded her promise. She never put one foot on Kelvin's carn, but from the valley trails around it, she called out to Drizd and to Gwenhyver. Drizzt and the panther, looking for the girl with the break in the weather, were soon beside her, in the valley this time, sharing more tales and a picnic lunch that Caterbury had packed. When Caterbury got back to the dwarven mines that evening, Brunner suspected much and asked her only once if she kept her word. The dwarf had always trusted his daughter, but when Caterbury answered that she had not been on Calvin's carn, his suspicions did not diminish. <laughs>